This is episode 29 of Processing the Process, Seizing the Right Fruit with Tommy Tams. Hi everyone, it has been too long. Oh my gosh, so much happening in my family's life. My daughter was married in October and we are gearing up for Frankie and Bryn's wedding in March. I have had this recording for quite a long time. Tommy and I chatted before even this school year started for him. It has just been sitting. I finally finished editing it. As always, great conversation. We particularly talk about the year that he took off slash his gap year, his return, and the overview on all that. Such an honest and open conversation. He is just so forthright and willing to put it all out there for you all. I asked him a lot of questions based on what I thought you would all be curious about. There was a lot of choices that he made in this time period that we are covering and you are going to hear about how it all played out his and my thoughts about his growth on so many levels and how it all translated into his training and returning to his musical theater BFA program at right state. There's just always so much information embedded in the conversation that I can't even really specify, but things that I just know are beneficial for parents and students who are looking at going through this process or who are going through this process. We also talk about his failures and how he has channeled that, lessons that he's learned, what he did summer of 2022, not having gotten summer stock work. He moved to New York City. You will hear about what he did there. A lot of validating experiences. I chose the title Seizing the Ripe Fruit because I feel like that's a good summation of Tommy's attitude as a student and in looking at his future. Also, towards the end, we talk about Giovanni our youngest. We are curious about him possibly pursuing musical theater. So stay tuned for that. Wow. All right. Enjoy. What are you doing? Um, I have been, I applied for a job at Lululemon this morning. I sent No way. Yep. Because they're just, they're at the green, which is like just up the road. And I figured out I can, I can only really work like retail or like day mm-hmm. work because. Rehearsals and. Yeah. But my Tuesdays and Thursdays are pretty empty. So. Whoa. So I have jazz at 830 
to 10 both days. And then Tuesday, I have rep, which is 12 to 1. Hmm. And I'll have rehearsals starting at 5 from the beginning of the school year until the sister act closes. Did you inquire at the gym you're working out at? No, I, I haven't. I might. That's, that's not a bad idea. But then I'm not sure if I'll be able to work out there. Because you work there? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think actually you get a, your membership. And you probably would have a desk job, mostly. Yeah, that's fine. And you'd be able to probably read and do homework. Yeah, I'd made all my flashcards for all my shows. Nice. So you're, you're ahead of it? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so in terms of listeners, the last that they know of you is COVID and you took the year off. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I have said that you went back. And... I think you did. I've been, I've been keeping up. You have? Yeah. Totally. Of course. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so what did I say last? You said he was planning on coming back in the fall. Well, but for the sake of anyone who's not following the whole thing, let's give a brief overview. Yeah. Do you want me to just go? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I started at Wright 2019. Um, straight out of my senior year. And I'm sure they know the story. You know, I was re-auditioning very, very, very initially. I was not satisfied. But then I realized that it's all just a mindset. And it's and Wright actually has all the tools. So freshman year 2019 to 2020, my last three months of school were online because that's when COVID hit hard. And just kind of realized I wasn't going to get much out of it just because of the kind of person that I am. Like I, what what kind of person? Um I don't think I'd be able to like stick to it and like just be serious about it when I'm not met with it face to face. So I decided the best thing for me to do would be to take a gap year. And I decided that probably two thirds of the way through the summer of twenty twenty. And, up- and was that a hard decision? No, because it, it, it just, it made a lot of sense in my mind. Like, and I was fully confident that I was going to return. Pro- probably the biggest apprehension for me was, you know, I'm already acclimatized to, uh, to my freshman class. And it's a group of 16 people at that time. So pretty tight knit. And, you know, you're like, I was going to miss my friends. And I was worried about the friendships that I had formed at that time. That was probably the biggest consideration in my mind. And also mm-hmm. just being a year behind getting out of school and into the industry. And then how did that end up playing out, friendships and keeping up? Good. Yeah. I mean, I am currently living with my roommate from freshman year and my sweet mate from freshman year, who are both now seniors and I'm a junior because I kept close to them over the break. And, um, But, I mean, I was welcomed with open arms. Everyone was excited to see me. And just fill them in on what did you do for that COVID time? And what were your thoughts about the choice that you made? Yeah. So when I got home, it was probably late April. I started working at a bike shop just because it's like, well, I'm probably going to be here for a minute. So I might as well get a job. And can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah. You did finish your freshman year online yes yeah I did so you you had experienced that and that played I'm sure that played into your decision yeah and like I wasn't doing well in my classes (laughs) um I mean I passed all of them but like it 
just really, I found it very difficult to, to focus. So late April, started working at a bike shop, found out that I kind of had a knack for it. I was working there and I decided that I wasn't going to go back to school because of all the reasons previously, previously mentioned. But I knew I also didn't really want to stay at home and just like slog at, at the bike shop that I was working at, which was a good place to start, but not a place where I wanted to stay. I did some research and looked up like, okay, if I want to take this bike thing seriously, then I need some kind of certification. So there are certification programs across the United States. I chose one in Oregon. I drove out to Oregon probably August mm -hmm. and did a five-week uh, intensive course there for bicycle repair and got certified. Was in Oregon for a little bit and then ended up in Phoenix because I got a job out there and they were going to try me out. And so they paid for my hotel and travel and stuff. And so I got out there and they decided they liked me. So I stayed out there. I was out there about eight months. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that eight months was like three years of my life, just like <laughs> the amount of character building and adulting that was happening. It was a very educational year, but in an entirely different way. That also allowed me to make some money so I didn't have to work last year doing school so I could really focus. And yeah, so I came back, did my sophomore year, 2021 to 2022, just spent the summer in New York, and now I'm back in Ohio. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Yeah. So you mentioned about the character building and adulting during your time working in Phoenix. And how do you feel that has lended itself to your growth and your crafts within the, the musical theater realm? I just think I take myself a lot more seriously, especially like with a customer facing job where you have to explain something to somebody that doesn't necessarily have a lot of information on the topic. I learned how to really like stand my ground and have an air of professionalism and that I found actually really helped me going to sophomore year. Like how does it transfer? Well, there's a lot of talk about grounding, at least in, in our sophomore year education. And it's just about speaking your own truth and making a claim and standing by it and knowing that whatever you're saying actually resonates within you mm -hmm. and, and being able to convince somebody that this is your abject truth. Mm -hmm. And I have to say just from the parental side of it, that, we really encouraged you to take that year yeah. off and see it as an opportunity to go and do something that you wouldn't have otherwise done. Totally. And I think that we, together with you, came to the conclusion that acquiring a skill would be a good idea. Yeah, there was a lot of conversation about, okay, well, what would be applicable in your future? And there's, you know, always talk about the survival job. What's going to be your side hustle in New York? And so I decided that, hey, since I'm good at this one niche thing, I can uh, hopefully pursue that in the future. Right. And being at home, we just thought, like, it was just too stagnant. We really wanted you to go somewhere and experience something outside of here, you know, 
our hometown is is not very stimulating. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, the where where you were living was very stimulating either, but you were you know, outside of, of I was busy. Phoenix. Yeah, you were very busy. Yeah, and you and you actually gained a lot of responsibility while you were there. And I think from the outside looking in, you just gained a lot of confidence in yourself and the faith and trust that they put in you really added to you believing in yourself and being recognized outside of performing arts. Yeah, totally. Um, And then I think that dad and I at least were like, hmm, I wonder like if he is going to go back. And I know that you had resolved to go back, but I remember you saying after you came back from that and decided to continue at right that you had like a new resolve and a new dedication yes completely yeah i mean just a lot of things like marinated over that year a lot of time to be introspective i mean if if i were to condense it down into one sentence all these like personal revelations i would just say that if i'm going to do something i'm going to fully give myself to it going to fully commit to it and just just waking up and reminding myself every day that okay commit push yourself more mm-hmm. you think you're giving enough give more Giovanni's football coach just sent something out and in the email it said um, their motto for the year is win the moment mm-hmm. and I was like yes I really like that yeah okay so um so you do go back to write with a new resolve, with just like a fresh, like, yes, I, I am deciding again that I'm in, all in. Yes. And you live with your former freshman classmates, but now you are a sophomore and the incoming class that you, or the class that you started with is a year above you. Yeah. And does that diminish anything or, or did it like wake up anything in you? I mean, I would say that my circumstances were kind of special just because I came in when they had just gotten back in person um, and the previous year had been entirely online. Mm. So I already had relationships formed with the current, with, with the juniors Um which, I mean, kind of gave me, I don't want to say status, but uh, legitimacy to um, the class that I was joining. Mm-hmm. Just because I had people to vouch for me and people to, you know, if somebody was like, hey, this guy's coming back, what's he like? You know, mm-hmm. people mostly had a pretty positive image of me. So mm-hmm. um, I could feel that cushion as I came back. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you are already kind of old for your grade. You look very mature. You are very mature. Um, and you're probably already very mature for your initial incoming class. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, accelerated that much more. Does yeah. that have any effect? Yes. I mean, it definitely, I mean, less so now, but 
I remember thinking to myself, these guys are probably just as afraid of me as I am afraid of them, but for entirely different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like you mean, I, like kind of intimidated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would try my best to mitigate that, but I'm also kind of a, a pretty quiet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just finding the balance between like just a passive friendliness. Um, and just like a welcoming, hey, I mean, I mean, you no harm, but also <laughs> just like, I wonder what everyone's thinking about me. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what is their initial impression? Like what, who, who do these people think that I am versus who do I know that, that I really am? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the the class that I was joining had already formed pretty tight bonds because they had all lived um, in the dorms together and had no interaction with any other class. So it's just, just them in the dorms for an entire year. Oh, so they were in the dorms but online. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that yeah. would be kind of intense. Yeah. Um, so just trying to like kind of penetrate that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um was interesting to navigate, but I think I've kind of found my place in it all. Yeah. And I, I just think that your disposition is one that um, lends itself to time. And because you are quiet and you are not like, you know, you don't put on a persona for approval that, um, you know, it's just time for people to get to know you and see um, that you're a good guy. Yeah. Which, which could initially come off as standoffish or my, my biggest thing is I don't want people to think that I'm better than them. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. I, I don't want people to think that I think that I'm better than them. Right. And, and not just you, but just in the social realm, a lot of times when you're a little bit more quiet, it can be interpreted that way. Exactly. Right. Um, so, but I am glad to hear that you have mentioned that you feel close to your current class, um, who will be juniors this year. And you also went on spring break, which was kind of a big deal because you haven't really, you know, done that sort of thing, even like in, in high school with a group. Yeah. So. Um, that's just like another affir- affirming example of the connections that you're maintaining and making. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So after your sophomore year, talk a little bit about what your vision was for this summer of 22 as a rising junior mm-hmm. and how that played out. I really wanted to book uh, summer stock, book regional, and work making money in theater over the summer, mainly just to get credits. And went to a couple auditions, submitted probably about 50 tapes, Mm. and did not get any hits. Mm -hmm. Um, How does that leave you? uh, I mean, it definitely left me 
bumming, but I mean, the failure really fuels me. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm dr- driven out of spite. <laughs> totally. Would you like, I don't know, channel channel it. Mm-hmm. And I totally do. But I attribute a lot of my lack of success this summer to the poor quality of my self-tapes, honestly. And I don't know if that's just like me not being able to watch myself. I mean, I would say if I was an objective producer, casting director, I'd have some questions. Just because I was an amateur, I'm still an amateur. That was my first time trying to like seriously get out there. I learned from it. Yeah, learn some lessons. Well, and quality of self-tape, do you mean the recording quality, the sound, the picture, or do you mean how you came across? Uh, It's just everything, (laughs) really. Mm -hmm. So I was in a practice room, which I would definitely do differently, just because it's not a very uniform background. Didn't have good audio, no lighting, just the room lights. Yeah. And I mean, it's all about those first five seconds. Mm -hmm. I know that you said that you did some self-tapes while, and we haven't even gotten there while you were in New York, but um, Mm -hmm. how did you feel about those versus the ones that you submitted for Summerstock? I feel much better in terms of their quality. Yeah. So I was staying at Frankie's and Frankie has all this really nice recording stuff and a nice wall. So I figured I would seize that opportunity and just go through my book and record whatever I had clean. Just to have. Just to have. Yeah. Which and is so smart to just have it on hand so that you don't have to create it under the thumb. Yeah. But, I mean, there's always stuff that I'd like to improve on and do differently. But now it's mainly to do with me and my performance and not the circumstances surrounding it. Sorry, we kind of sidetracked. So yeah, uh, you submitted for Summerstock and nothing came of it. Nope. And then what? Then I do what I do and I pivot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, in all honesty, like I just kind of go where the opportunities take me. What is fresh for the picking at the current moment when I'm looking around and s- saying what's next? And that was New York, mainly because Frankie had booked the contract at that point. And I knew his place was going to be open for a little bit. That was the main push. And so it's like, okay, got to New York. What should I do there? I'm going to interrupt. Sorry. Um, But again, dad and I saying, okay, like that didn't work out. What can you do? Like you shouldn't stay home. Yeah. The pieces started falling in place. We talked about it. And so that transition was made super, super easy by Frankie. It helps so much to already have a network wherever you're going. Because, I mean, he set it up for me. I found my sublet for the majority of my time through him. Met a lot of people through him. He told me, you know, where to go, where to get your groceries. Just like living the day-to-day, which is very different in New York. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge advantage to have, in this case, it's a sibling who had been, has been there for a few years now. Yeah. To have somebody just kind of like settle you in who's local yeah. and find uh, your guides. Cause people, everyone was a first timer in New York at one point, you know, unless you're local, like mm-hmm. everyone knows the struggle mm-hmm. and wants to help. 
Well, and that was also part of Dad and I's line of thinking was remembering Frankie and Bryn's transition. And even though, you know, that was exactly where they wanted to be, what they wanted to be doing, it was big. Yeah. It was big. And they had each other, you know, and their, and, and many people from their class who all moved there at the same time. My thought was if you can go and spend, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, you know, how do you avoid that struggle? The shell shock. The adjustment struggle. Yeah. 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 Where you're kind of like, what am I doing here? Is this, I mean, I, it's so confusing, I think, because it's everything you've worked towards and now you're there and you're like kind of feeling discouraged and just brand and new. a little doubtful and raw and yeah. And you are, it's hard living. Anyway, that's just speaking on, you know, as a parent, what our line of thinking was. Mm-hmm. what solidified your decision to go and how did it transpire as you were there? Yeah. So I had the place in New York and I was just like, okay, what's going to occupy my time? And I knew I just wanted to establish, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to say, Hey, I'm coming here. Get ready for me. So I did a showcase through the growing studio it was a four-week program, met twice a week. We would go through our rep books. They would recommend rep and just give us notes on songs. And at the end of that program, we showcased in front of probably about 15 different agents and casting directors. They had our resumes and all that. And I mean, I was a little bit hopeful going in, but I knew the reality of the, the fact that agents are there to make money and they wouldn't be able to make money off me for the next two years had they signed me. But I did get some interest and I did meet with some people who were interested, but got that response. Let me know when you graduate. And I said, great, I will be emailing you over the course of the next two years to make sure that you remember who I am. Right. Continue to network those connections. Um, and speak a little more on the growing studio. Like, how did you find it? What is it? So, like, what do you compare it to? It's not a dance studio. No, um, I'd say it's it's a masterclass company, kind of. Um, they are they are a company who rents out, rents out space uh, in Ripley Greer, and they bring in different directors and casting directors, and they have guest choreographers, and you know you can sign up to take classes for three weeks from. Uh, I don't know the Gavin Creel. I don't. I don't know if he actually does it, but like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also do showcases, which is what I did. Um, and it's just, it's kind of just an exposure factory. You give them money, they give you exposure, which is. But also grow your craft. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, which is was our main thinking yeah and and that is totally what happened and also just get a pulse on who else is out there what kind of work are they doing what are people seeing me as like where do i fit in that's the kind of feedback that you got exactly and are you getting that same feedback at school not yet that's more of a senior year thing we have a whole class kind of devoted to industry and type and stuff yeah, I mean, because I'm still 
growing and I'll always be growing, but I, I think it's a good idea to have that class towards the end. What other people were in the class, like people in your age group? So it was people who were two years older than me, pretty much all across the board, two years older than me, didn't showcase due to COVID. Here I am. This is my opportunity to get my names in casting director's doors. Yeah, I was, I was the youngster for sure. What else did you set up for yourself to create the experience that you had this summer in New York? Well, Frankie set me up with um, a job that he had a lot of experience with, which was landscaping. Um, <laughs> and you think New York and landscaping. Mm-hmm. But it was on the tops of townhouses and office buildings um, doing like their gardens that kept me occupied twice a week, kept some money in the pocket and was just good physical exercise. And it got me to different places around the city that I would just never explore by myself. So that was nice. And I, and that's like just a gang of musical theater dudes. Like it's a, a <laughs> word of mouth. Hey man, like, yeah. Cause it's flexible. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. A lot of CCM guys there, a lot of Michigan guys there. Yeah. It's a pretty great environment. And, and you I, work hard. Oh yeah. Physical labor. 100%. And I also took a directing class through NYU, which I was particularly interested in because I'm particularly interested in directing, but also because I'm a musical theater major at Wright, I can't take a directing class. Mm. It was mainly just to like be validated in the fact that, okay, now I can go direct something because I have a preliminary level education on directing. I don't know. I have a mental block where if I don't feel educated on something, I'd feel like I don't really have the right to do it. Imposter Um, syndrome. Yeah. That was probably the biggest gain. And who was in that class? So it was three other Tisch, NYU Tisch students, one from the new studio, one from Stella Adler, and one from the writing area. Um, And another visiting student who also has a, is pursuing a BFA in musical theater. Yeah. Small class, great format, very like focused on iteration we'd go in and it's essentially do it do an entire scene direct an entire scene get feedback on it and then fix it the next day and then do that a couple times on the same scene and eventually through that discourse and refinement you get really cool things and it's just education about the process and was it cool to just be on another campus and what light did it shed and where well, I auditioned for NYU um, my senior year, mm-hmm. and I didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And I still had to do a whole audition process to be a visiting student, and I did get in this time. So <laughs> <laughs> you had to like submit songs and yeah, dance and everything. Whole, oh, I didn't thing. know that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, also just like I feel pretty consoled in the fact that I didn't go to school in the city, because um, I was also living with a guy who had gone to Pace and. You know, just like talking about it, but it wasn't for me. So that was very validating. And what do you think about just your interpretation? Because I think it's just good feedback for people to mull over. Yeah. What do you think about your friend that did go? Like what made it right for him? And what about you made it wrong for you? A lot of schools in New York are a lot less of an incubator and a lot more of just like a platform. Right state really wants you there for the for the four years and wants to put their right state print under your name whereas other schools it's kind of you're performing in the city 
And there's a lot less performances per school because you're also getting asked to do all this other stuff within within the city, which is mm-hmm. great in its own way, but it also doesn't allow you to refine your craft in isolation before getting thrown to the wolves, which <laughs> I don't it, There's pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, going to school where absolutely nothing is happening except for my schooling is, is good. Good. Okay. So the directing class, what else? I, especially towards the end, was taking a lot of classes at Steps on Broadway. And I found a teacher that I really liked his, his style and his program and the way that he conducted classes. So I would go to his class twice a week and pick up maybe one or two other classes outside of that at Steps. So I, I was in the intermediate class. A lot of other people were dancers who had been dancing all their life. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I've, I've only been seriously dancing for the past cumulative two years. Mm-hmm. Well, you took some dance classes here and there, and then also with show choir, like just in terms of being able to pick up choreography yeah. and vocabulary and that, I mean, you did have some background. Yeah, but it was very validating to be holding my own in a room of people that, that identify as dancers, because then you start to look around and you're like, hey, wait. I'm here. Am I a dancer? (laughs) And that was great. And I would highly recommend forming a a relationship with, with your mentors and just saying, Hey, push me this way, push me that way. I'm working on this. What do you think I need? And they love it. They, that's what they're here for. Find your guides. Yeah, absolutely. Find your guides. And you found somebody there who you would consider a guide. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. An instructor. Yeah. And towards the end of my time there, he was just like, hey, if you need anything, text me when you come back to the city. I want to see your progress. And he's well connected. But I mean, it wasn't a forced relationship. I just kept showing up. Yeah. And you were very happy with your growth in your dancing. Yeah. Dancing in New York is, I would say, is a whole different game. Yeah. Very inspiring. You especially did ballet or? So the class that I would frequent was a contemporary class. Which uh, has aspects of ballet, but is a lot more free, free form. When I would pick up classes, they would mainly be ballet. Just because I want to push myself in that direction. And I remember you saying at the end of last year that some of your feedback from your professors at Wright was strength building and uh, ballet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really leaned into that. I was in the gym five or six times a week. So the gym is separate from steps. Yep. I'd go, I'd go to steps for an hour and a half and have my gym for an hour and a half. But I mean, it's very expensive, but I would highly recommend getting a gym membership in the city close to where you live, just as a space to stretch out and get, just get away. It was a very meditative time for me, put on my music over that time. I formed a stretching routine that I still keep up. And you improved significantly in your flexibility which is huge that was a a major focus and also just i mean the strength work is honestly mainly for aesthetics just leaning into my type a little bit more i wouldn't say if you're a musical theater boy you have to be big and brawny but i would say for me it works and there is a noticeable difference in your body from the time that you left to the time that you came home. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you sublet, you mentioned this, but you sublet, a, you, so you stayed at Frankie's for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually, so I sublet for three weeks and then Frankie left. So I took his place for three weeks and then Bailey, future sister-in-law, um, sublet from him. So I went back to the other place. And did you know the other people and how did that work out? I did not. Um, know the other people it's not like we were completely it's not like I found them on Craigslist you know they know Frankie knows the person of the room that I was taking and so there's an air of familiarity it's not just some stranger right Um, but the thing in the musical theater world is that there's always a room to sublet because everyone's out on contracts across the country and you have something in common you're all musical theater people so you you know and did you whoop it up in the city? Did you go out a lot? Did you see a bunch of shows? Like, what did your social life look like? Uh, not flourishing. <laughs> I mean, it just, I was alone. Like, it, you know, it was, it was me. <laughs> because, um, I mean, the people that you have gone to school with and know most aren't there yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my whole time there, I was thinking, oh, man, this is going to be so cool once, like, my people are out here. But, I mean, I did know a couple people and, you know, hung out with them sparingly. But, yeah, it was mainly mainly just training, Tr- training and resting. Because if you want to go anywhere in New York, you got to move your body. <laughs> so just trying to re- recover because I was, I mean, I was really going at it physically throughout the whole summer. So mm-hmm. I had to be kind. Okay. So now you are back at right. Actually, school hasn't started yet. And what's happening there now? Right now, um, both my roommates are working at Kings Island, which is a pretty popular spot for BFA kids in Ohio, at least. Kings Island is an amusement park. Yes. They perform like parades or stage shows or... One of them has a stage show. The other has kind of just a, like a moving, moving show throughout the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they all come together for a parade at the end of the day. You know, they say it's a bit of a slog, but they're making good money. Yeah. I mean, amusement park work, it's, it's legitimate work. I used to kind of have stigmas about it. But, I mean, if you're making money performing, you're doing something right. So, I mean, these guys, they have one one day week off and they're they're there from 11 until 7 every yeah. day it's a grind it's a grind it lends itself very well to cruise ship work though yeah. yeah and i mean the reality is not under those conditions necessarily but that you know you when you are doing a show you're doing the same show every performance for six days a week or seven times a week you know and I do think experiencing that reality is a wake-up call yeah at that point it's just it's another day in the office I mean but stable work is stable work and you got to bring it though I mean the people who are seeing you you know they're paying to see it and it's their first time so yeah We've talked about that in the podcast in the past. Um, okay, so moving on 
in the climate of performing, what are your thoughts about the future? The future? Um, I mean, I have adopted the mentality, especially just over the summer, as I'm training as a generalist performer. I what am, does that mean? means I'm training in all three dif- disciplines of performing, singing, acting, and dancing. And if you want me to sing my face off, I can sing my face off. If you want me to kick my face, I can kick my face. If you want me to act, I can act. Since my personality type is very much go with the flow, it's going to be okay, what opportunities come out of the showcase that I do? If nothing comes out of that, do I go right to New York or do I bide my time here? Or, you know, it's, I'm not sweating it too hard, especially because I have two years. I mean, my mentality is just all about seizing the ripe fruit. What opportunity is looking the best? What decisions have I made in the past that have set me up the best for this decision I'm about to make? Yeah, there's like a quote about, about success is like opportunity meets preparation preparation. is where it catches. Yeah. So, I mean, my plan for the next two years is just, just to get as good as possible. Get really good. Well, you definitely have developed your level of intensity, your focus and your discipline. Yeah. Your self-motivation, I think, has significantly increased. Yeah. I, and I think I can thank Arizona for that. Because? Just because I know that I have to figure out how to be self-motivated. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. and Phoenix was kind of my wake-up call. So I'm, I'm working on the skills now. Well, and when you were kind of questioning right and thinking about the possibility of exploring other programs, I feel like a lot of that was based on that factor and your thought process at the time. It was around motivation. Are you following me? Not quite. (laughs) That you kind of had in your mind that maybe other programs would motivate you more. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and I've kind of, I've come to realize that, I mean, not to like drag them through the mud, but a lot of people that get into these high name programs with a lot of professional output kind of sit back and, and, and ride the wave and figure, well, since all these people made it, I should just let the education happen to me rather than being an active participant in it. Since the school is so great, do I really have to try? And I mean, right humbled me completely. And that's exactly what I needed. I love it. Why do you say that? Just because I don't have, I mean, when you meet people, especially in New York, just like in, in the musical theater industry, it'll probably come up in the conversation where you went to school. And there's a certain amount of, you know, if you say you went to a big name school, there's a preloaded amount of Oh, this guy must be good because like credibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas I got to, I'm, I'm proving myself. Mm -hmm. Let me show you. Mm -hmm. I think what, what we've seen and it's interesting because, you know, we do have Frankie who is further down the road in the same industry, 
And yeah, I mean, definitely COVID was an issue big time. But I think, so CCM, I think you would agree, we would say is a big name school. Yeah. Okay. Right. Not so much. Nope. But I believe that it is. It's reputable. It's 100% reputable. Yes. Yes. But for Frankie, I don't think that CCM on paper has made a huge difference alone. Would you agree? I'd agree. I mean, professionally. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about, I mean, socially. It's the social aspect's a big part of the job. It's all about network. And, and if somebody perceives you as good, they're like, you know, I'm going to keep this guy in my pocket. Oh, uh-huh. Um, even if it's just a fellow actor. Well, and you met with a contact our family has that is in the industry. And was there any conversation about, like, where you go to school and what that means or doesn't mean? Um, no, I don't think there was any conversation. Yeah. And she's a successful producer. Mm-hmm. And she didn't... I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's who am I looking at right now? And what do I perceive as what they have to offer me? And if I can, just by being me, convince them, that's ideal. Mm-hmm. But it arguably takes more time. And what are you looking forward to this year as a junior? I would say I'm most looking forward to my dance technique class, which is just a three hour twice a week dance technique, like drilling pirouettes, drilling form and repeatability, which I mean, supposedly is a can of whoop ass, but <laughs> I'm, I, I feel physically ready for the demands of the year and I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I think that this summer has just been exactly what was meant to happen. And I do think like you're going into your junior year, the strongest that you have been, not just like physically, but just all around with clarity, like mentally and emotionally. Yeah. I think it's going to be a huge growth year. Yeah. Had you not, done what you did this summer it would be like you didn't really take the summer off Mm, it was a reduced rate of education but there was still a lot of active education going on right but different than doing summer stock where you're performing i mean you were actually growing training yes which makes a big difference yeah totally rather than taking the summer off yeah i agree well Anything else that you have to share just about like where you're at, recommendations for aspiring MT college students and or their parents? Hmm. I would say if you are seniors in high school is just give yourself over to it. If you want to do it, give it all you got. And for the parents, be flexible. Yeah. Don't judge when pivots happen. That's, that's pretty much what I got. I love it. That is very valuable. I also think, I mean, for people who are particularly like interested in the storyline of me and Frankie, 
I think it's going to be so interesting to see what Geo chooses to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my eyes are very much just like focused on like, oh, you know, because I think he, he's going to have a premium setup <laughs> if, if he decides to come to New York. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like learning the ropes and all that. Yeah. I am very anxious to see what transpires too. Thankfully, he is not anxious. He yeah. is like, okay, I'm going to have to make a choice, you know, and this is going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about, and I'm going to do a podcast separate. Giovanni is our youngest. He is 16. He has also been performing you know has natural talent I would say but hasn't really had the training the consistent like voice lessons and he's going to a different high school so he's not doing show choir he is performing in their shows but anyway so he went to Sutton Foster's which is a regional competition for high school performers and you're invited to come from educators who come to see the shows in your area And then um, they assess you there. And then if you qualify, you go on to the Jimmies. But it's only like one male and one female. Anyway, he went to that this year. And after performing in Newsies as the lead, going to Sutton Foster's, experiencing that, he just was like, wow, I, I do love this. And so we quickly got him signed up for Arts Bridge. He's the third Tams who went to Arts Bridge. (laughs) Um, But he went as a rising junior and just spent two weeks working on his craft. And now he's home and he's doing two days at football. (laughs) Uh, But yes, it is. I think we're all like sort of curious with a watchful eye on um, how that evolves. He has the benefit, I think, of seeing you guys. Yeah, and seeing the realistic trajectory. And also, like, just who you are as people, you're very different. Being able to have casual conversation, just access to knowledge of the culture through that, you know, that not just anybody gets. Yeah, the institutional knowledge. I don't know. It will be very interesting. I also want to do a podcast with Frankie and Bryn, just about everything that has transpired for them over the past couple of years. Yeah. I think we are an interesting sample mm-hmm. <laughs> of kids who aspire to be musical theater performers. Yeah. Being that we have the spread that we do and three and all different stages. So I'm hoping that this is a good help for people. And that that gives us some special insight that many other people wouldn't have. Yeah. I think I think it's great that you're doing this. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, you have become a pretty avid reader of plays. Yeah. And you haven't always been. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? that kind of taps a bit more into like the directing side. I just like to like envision what's my image of this world. And it's like kind of a fun thought experiment to do while reading plays. But I started reading plays 
just to look for monologues, just to have like an original monologue. And I found a couple and I keep notes on where all that is and I'll photocopy the page. You just, you, you learn a lot about where everything comes from. Your ancestors have stuff to share. There's knowledge. There was 100% knowledge. And just in, just in observing the evolution of the art is something that really interests me. Because mm-hmm. I read, I mean, I know a lot of people who read and collect plays that only really do contemporary. But I mean, I'm all across the spectrum because I want to see where did it come from. I will also say, read the books that your teachers assign you. Sometimes it can be easy not to. How do you get around that? I don't know. But there is valuable information there. And there's a reason why they're assigning it to you. And it oftentimes runs concurrently to the class that you are currently taking. So you can come into the day knowing what you're about to do or what it might be focused on and have a deeper understanding of the concepts that are being shared. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get the fullness of, of the what concept. is available to you in your learning if you haven't given yourself the foundation. Yeah. Do the work. Do the work. Do the don't, work while you're in school. Don't cheat the work. Don't cheat the work. Um, you are doing Sister Act. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. And this is your first role in a right main stage show. Yeah, have yes. Another so. an, another humbling experience. What? Not being oh cast for my first two years, but understandable. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. Truly, you really can't assess based on that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So happy to do this. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Bye. So there you have it. That is my third oldest child, Tommy Tams, and just a great talk about how he has navigated his path, which is certainly not a typical one. Um, And I am so proud of him. In particularly, the things that stood out to me in this conversation were his self-awareness and things surrounding his attitude about his pivoting and the several occasions that he mentions being humbled and finding your guides. I feel like that is a really great statement to remember, really no matter what you're doing in life, to look for your mentors, look for the people who move you, who take interest and propel you forward in some way by being involved in your evolution. I think what he had to say about his lessons learned, particularly with self-tapes, was valuable to take note of and just a little tidbit about winning the moment which is also an attitude approach 
If you are a student, I hope your audition process is going well. It's early February right now, and Unifieds, at least Chicago Unifieds, are, I think, starting tomorrow. So I wish everyone well with just wherever you're at in this process. I hope some information that you have gathered from listening to this particular podcast and any others has been helpful to you and to parents just know I can so relate you are not alone the chaos of the process and helping your child along I get it and I am cheering you on from the sidelines it is a road trust that There is a plan. We just don't know it yet. We can't see it yet for our children, nor can they, but trust in the process. Okie doke. Thanks for listening. As always, please reach out to me with any questions or comments about my podcast series. And you can always actually text me direct at 248-515-6832 or send me an email at lisatams at aol.com. Yes, I'm still in the archaic AOL platform and just put PTP in the subject line. I'd love to answer any questions you have. And if you would please rate and interact with the podcast in some way, I think that will help it be more easily findable. Don't ask me how, some algorithm or something for other people to find. I appreciate you and stay the path.